Welcome. To Arcade Audio. It's hard to find a movie that way. Lucky for you, we found a few. It's Queer Movie Night. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Queer Movie Night. I'm Deb. And I'm Peyton. And today we have a, a special guest, my very good friend, Taylor Wisham. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's I. Hi. Hi. Welcome to me. Welcome to- <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Thanks for Thank doing you. the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Oh my me gosh. too. I, I, we're, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. But how oh are you God. in general before we get to the movie? Oh, what a question. Wow, a very loaded question to talk about a fun movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, well, it's July when we're recording this, sweet Lord, apparently. <laughs> Almost August. I just realized August is next week, and I'm like, I don't understand what I'm supposed oh, to do with that information. Exactly. Um, I'm okay. I'm unemployed, <laughs> you know, living mm-hmm. life, trying same, to figure same. out, am I going to get that extra money in a week? I don't know. <laughs> what's the government up to? I don't know. Don't know what's happening there. Um, but it's Leo season, so I'm trying to glow with my ever present <laughs> sign. Um, that's really it. I really need to do laundry, but I got a ring light, so, you know, potato <gasps> I know. I'm very excited. It was a surprise gift from friends. And I was like on the day, on the start of Leo season. So, you know, (laughs) that's fun. That's, I just bought one, but like the cheapest one on Amazon that I could find for a video I needed to record. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to use it for this one video. And truly, I, for like an hour, I just kind of was really wanted to look the hottest that I ever could look. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I did a good job. I was just sending different pictures to my wife. I'm like, do you think this one's hot? Do you think this one's hot? This one? I, pu- I pushed out my lips on this one. Do you think this one's hot? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know. But it's really fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little afraid, though, because I haven't set it up. It's just, like, chilling over there. And I really am like, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to get dressed. And it's just going to be over for everybody. <laughs> the internet's not ready. I've got Visco the app. I'm gonna tailor that filter and oh, I'm gonna yeah. pop it out there. And yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> the power of a light. I know. It just makes you feel so good too. Yes. Yes. Do you have one, Peyton? Do you want to play with? Me? I don't. I don't. No, I don't no. know if it would help me or not. I hate taking selfies. <laughs> I do too, but it helps selfies. me. Peyton, you take good selfies yourself. Well, yes. I, I put the I put the camera very, very yeah. high. Yes. Um <laughs> that's your that's your signature sure. style. It's your signature. My head too. is my head is back. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's like whether you're in the bathtub, whether you're yes. on the booster. I, I very often cut off the very top of my head so you can't see how bald I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love your bald head. It's so cute. It is very oh, cute. Thank you. My boyfriend says that too. And I'm always like, whatever. I don't know if I trust you or not. I yeah. Know. It's like when the person you love like tells you like 
the thing you're like the deepest insecurity you have is like something they love about you and you're like I'm unlovable I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) notice this you can't see this how is that possible that you could love the thing that I dislike the most about myself I hate (laughs) but is is that the beautiful Um, thing about love when it's real Oh, <laughs> <laughs> dance, let's get it. Devin's dancing. You can't see yes. it, but I'm wearing a shitty sports bra. Look at this. They're going back Where and forth. Yes. They're going in a circle now. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Subjected everybody well, to just listening to that. Yeah, I feel like that's a queer movie night first. Mm-hmm. Just a nice little sh- 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 under your shirt. Oh no, my dog's throwing up. Oh, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny, but wow. Sorry. Oh, no. It's okay. He kind of throws up. Is he okay? Kind of often. Not that it makes it better. No, I feel you. My dog throws up, too. So I'm kind of like, okay. And then you have to, like, I, like, pick him up and move him if he's, like, in, a, like, a bad spot. Exactly what my wife is doing right now. Feel very nice. We love her. Oh, we do. I'm so sorry. He eats a lot of grass. Not the good oh. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Okay, this is too much of a sidebar. Let's talk about the movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. So um correct me if I'm wrong, you had not seen this movie before, right, Taylor? I had not seen this movie, no. I okay. I well, sort of. I had pressed play on it once when I was hanging out with a friend, and then I rapidly fell asleep. So she watched it, <laughs> no idea, didn't know what happened. And I told her I was doing this podcast like the other day, and she was like, Oh, you saw that movie already? It was like I was fully asleep the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so um, so it's gonna be the questions are gonna be a little bit different just because you've never seen the movie. So I'm just gonna say, um, one, what is your experience with queer movies in general? Like, mm-hmm. how did you come to learn about them or what is your experience? Um, and then two, um, why did you pick this movie in general to watch? Sorry, drinking water. Um, Good questions, good questions. Okay, the first one, how did I come to queer movies? I think like, I'm not old, but I was born in the 90s. And I just feel like (laughs) growing up, the exposure to queer movies was so, so minute that, what movie was it? I don't remember now. I do know I saw Imagine You and Me and was like, whoa. Yes. Yes, we that movie. And like, oh, I think it's Debs. Is that the one where they're cheerleaders? And yes. they rob a bank? Yes. And I remember oh my being God. like, oh my God, there's a lot. like sugar and spice. I think that's a combination oh, of sugar and yes. spice and Debs. But Debs is similar. They're like young girls. I was going to say that's the out, same plot as sugar and spice. <laughs> cheerleaders and they like fight fight bad people or something yeah 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 and so it was like little bits of very minute exposure and I've said this a lot like in the last like year or so I'm like I'm really jealous of generation z that they both get such a like a open welcoming culture and also just like way more content like I watched I just finished watching the entire season of the babysitters club and they didn't address (sighs) it yet 
But I'm telling you, Christy is a gay, 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 gay. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. I cannot believe it has taken this long for this to be brought up because this is our third episode that we've recorded. Now I'm going to out us. Oh my God, I love Um, Babysitter's Club. This is so fucking good. It's so, I'm like obsessed with it. I've almost rewatched it. They had a trans child that they babysitted. That was wild. And she stood up for that trans baby and said, what you aren't going to do is do this. I was like, oh my god, it is so current. It is, and it was weird though because I was like, I'm absolutely too old to be watching this because some of their issues, I was like, that is not a problem. (laughs) But you're 12 and you don't know it's not a problem. But I definitely watched it all and almost cried at uh, like at least two or three separate times. So yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. I watched them all like in a row in one day. Obsessed with Alicia Silverstone as a mom. Oh my god! Oh my god. Wait, is it Alicia or Alicia? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I always. Wow, I've been saying her name wrong for a long time. I just watched Blast <laughs> from the Past for the first time in a long time. Oh my god, Peter. I love that movie. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah. This is great, for a while. It's very bad, but it was a good time. But it's so it's cute. It's cute. Yeah. Um. Oh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> What's um, all? <laughs> and what what brought your attention to this movie, Taylor? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so this is the, this is how this happened. This is the plot of us watching this. Okay. Peyton texted me and was like, Hey, do you want to be on this show? We've had this conversation at least three or four, maybe five times in our life. Yeah. <laughs> and I, every time I'm like, yeah, of course I love your show. And then you text me like a month or so ago and was like, do you want to be on the show? And I was like, yes. You're like, what do you want to watch? And I was like, it was like right when all the uprisings were started and I was like, I'm going to make these white people watch black people. (laughs) (laughs) I think I sent him maybe Debs and Imagine You and Me because those are classics, but I also just sent like a list to Peyton of like every black queer movie I could think of. And then I was like, have you watched any of these? And he was like, we've watched Imagine You and Me. And I was like, okay. And then you were like, um, can you like pick one and we'll watch it? And then I was like, that's too overwhelming of a choice. So I just didn't respond uh, to him for like three weeks. Um, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. I literally watched it and I, I, or I looked at that text and I was just like, oh, that's too much. I can't believe you just asked me to choose. And so <laughs> I just avoided it. And then you were like, hey, we're going to do this. Like pick one. Um, and so I was debating between Tangerine and Pariah, but I was mm. like, not in a mood to like, I want to see Pariah too, but it just it felt like- really heavy though. Yes, that is words yeah. out of my mouth. That is what it felt like. It was just like, I was like, ugh, I'm just going to be like, ugh, like just stuck to the ground mm-hmm. after I watch this. Yeah. And I just want to be light. And so I rewatched the trailer to Tangerine and I've been wanting to see it for a while because Sean Baker, who- uh, wrote, co-wrote and directed Tangerine. Also, I think he wrote, I don't remember if he wrote, but he definitely directed The Florida Project. And I, I love. love The Florida mm-hmm. Project. I love Brooklyn Prince so much. Oh She's my so God. Good. One time she commented on my Instagram where oh I said God. she was amazing. I know, I know. It was, she, and then she commented, well, it was like a little, like a, like a, like an ice cream cone. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she did this. And then her mom let her comment. She was like, hey, Brooklyn saw your, your post and wanted to comment herself. And so she commented. Oh, 
what a life. So I was like, you know, I felt a little soft spot <laughs> in my heart for Sean Baker. And I was like, oh, I'm really curious. Um, the trailer looks makes it look really, really funny and light and fun. I like Sean Baker. And I knew uh, the movies like shot completely on the iPhone. So I was like, I want to watch this and finally see what all the fuss was about. And that's yeah. my story. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I do want to um, also because you mentioned that I do want to say that me and Deb have been trying to do. I mean, we've wanted to do Moonlight. We've wanted to do other things. But because we're both white people, we're like, we don't want to do this without a black voice in the room. Yeah, so yeah, you, you need to meet say, more black people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really appreciate you being on here and bringing this movie um, because we're excited to talk about it. I'm so I have a laundry list of notes that I took while watching the movie, and then I yes. looked up facts about the movie. So I was like, I'm ready. Yes, I love yes. that. Um, <laughs> Want to give a, a rundown on on the plot, Peyton? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Tangerine uh, mostly follows these two um, transgender sex workers um, who go by the names uh, Keek. Uh, sorry, Cindy. I, I was reading the actress's name. Uh, <laughs> goes by Cindy and Alexandra. Um, and Alexandra reveals to Kiki, who just recently got out of jail, that her um, fiance has been um, sleeping with someone, uh, an uh, um, a cisgendered uh, woman, while she was in jail. So Kiki's main mission from that, or sorry, Cindy's main mission from then on is to first find uh, her boyfriend or her fiance, Chester, which is <laughs> the worst name ever. Um, Horrible name. No, no uh, cute then, guy has ever yeah. named Chester. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then she quickly changes her uh, mission to find the, the, the girl whose name they cannot remember uh, who slept with Chester and um, to sort of get to the bottom of it. Um, the B plot, I would say, is um, Alexandra is doing a show that night at 7, and she's promoting it. I at love like 7 p.m. At 7 p.m., and she literally gives a handout to every single person they come across, and I'm obsessed. Um, and then there's another plot following a taxi driver, um, whose name is Razmik, um, who is picking up different people around the city. And then it sort of becomes clear that he has a relationship with these two women because he, um, he tends to hire transgender sex workers, um, to have relations with. And then it's later revealed that he has a daughter and a wife. Um, as well. Also, it's a Christmas movie, which I was surprised. Christmas yes, Eve, baby. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas um, Eve. Yeah, and then and then the movie accumulates, and basically all the characters coming together and sort of butting heads. Um, and it turns out that, uh, spoiler alert, it turns out that Cindy's friend Alexandra had also slept with Chester. Um, and um, that's a in the big end, moment. That's mm -hmm. a big reveal. Um, because the whole film is sort of about this friendship between them, and it's it really does seem that Alexandra prioritizes their friendship much more than Cindy in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, 
even though Cindy does, I, I really appreciated that Cindy actually went to her show when she realized she was going to miss it. Um, that's so hilarious when she's dragging, uh, <laughs> Dinah Dana Denise. Dinah Dana Denise to the show. Um, But um, yeah, so Cindy is really hurt by this. But then um, after when she um, all of a sudden experiences this transphobia, um, who is there but Alexandra, who's still her best friend no matter what. um, And they're really there for each other. Um, Yeah, so that's the plot. we do you want to start us anybody want to start us off with some thoughts on the movie initial just like how you felt i really love the movie i also really really loved this movie i was nervous too because like i don't love the coloring of the movie i get that they did that for a whole purpose and a metaphor whatever but like i it's very orange and yeah. i'm like what is this they use like a iphone yeah. filter or something yeah yeah, and I'm like, this was a choice. So part of me was like, this movie might be literal trash, but it was so fun and fast paced. And like the way the music interjects and then like Cindy's like, I'm going. And then she's just going, going, going. And there's all these just fun, <laughs> yes. like fast paced shots. I loved, it felt very, I mean, I am not a sex worker, nor am I transgender, nor do I live in Los Angeles. But it felt to me very authentic. Like there was this very like, real way that they were communicating with each other that I really loved and how they just, I was that I literally had to pause the movie maybe like 15 minutes in. And I was like, who wrote this? Because this is, this feels very like authentic, very uh, genuine. Um, And I was very surprised that like two white men wrote it, but I've done a lot of research and apparently they really collaborated on the film with um, the two stars and half of the movie was like improv or made up on the spot. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. The, yeah. the dialogue seems really organic. So organic. It really does. It seems so real and genuine. And I think maybe that's um maybe that maybe that's something that Sean Baker just does well because I felt the same way about the Florida project. It mm-hmm. felt very real. Um I love this movie. And I was you already said the thing about the music tailor, but I thought the soundtrack, the music was was so important yeah. to, to to the movie and like to the heightened uh, Every time anything was heightened, like the music was there to like provide that feeling. I thought the music was so good. I love the soundtrack. Um, I loved this movie so much. I loved it yeah. really I, from the first moment. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I loved that it was both really, really funny, but didn't pull punches at like the more serious things. Like I, I was watching mm-hmm. it and I was like, wow, you could write a lot of dissertations about this movie. There's a lot of think pieces <laughs> that come from this. Because it was like, showing this world and I watched this interview where they were talking about it but it was showing this world from like the inside out and and they were talking like a lot of times if somebody came in and they were like we're gonna make a movie about transgendered sex workers it's gonna be a drama and it's gonna be really hard and tragic and full of trauma and all of this stuff and um Maya Taylor, who played um, Alexandra, was like very adamant with Sean Baker when she met him and was just like, this movie needs to be very real. I don't care if it's brutal, but it has to be funny because she was like, that is how we live and exist in our world. And I love that, that it's like these are people who are like broke as 
buck. Like she had two dollars when she got out of jail. <laughs> um, one donut and a bus. Got a donut. Yes. For, um, to share. <laughs> one donut. Um, <laughs> And a bus ticket. Um, But it was like, yes, these people are broke. They are like fucking in motels and in car washes and shit. But like, there's also oh a God, the in the car wash. That was wild. I was like, oh, they're gonna show us this whole car wash. We're about to they're go show us the, the whole wash. thing. Did you think there wasn't enough time? I was like, how is he gonna finish so fast? Oh, 100 percent. I, I don't know. Like, did he finish? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just assumed that like if Rasmic, like if he always, if this is their spot. Yeah, like yeah. you must just he like always know he's gonna in. finish in time. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Well, he was oh, desperate because I also thought because yeah. Rasmus, his character, when he picked up that girl who said her name was Selena, um, yeah. but then got mad at her because she has a vagina. I thought the whole time that she was a cop. The whole time I was like, "Oh, he's about to get busted." Oh, yeah. She's a cop because he's like, I've never seen you before and all this stuff. Mm. And the way he got so angry at her, I was like, he is craving. He is craving what he is craving. So I'm not surprised he went in that car wash and was like, in and out, baby. I know what I need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His character was so, there was such like a sadness to it. Yes. His character. And like, like, and his like family. I like, because it was never fully clarified if his wife knew what he was up to beforehand mm-hmm, but she yeah. seemed kind of like i have to accept this because i don't have a job and he brings in all the money yeah. yeah i kind of i kind of inferred that she had an idea yeah that she was because yeah when she, her mother confronts her with it she's like sometimes you just have to let things slide to like live your life it's wild she said something really misogynistic or about the patriarchy about like a wife's duty to her husband and i was like vomit um <laughs> but yeah that's that was like it, it was a very interesting because i didn't know where his character was going to come into play at all i was just like right. maybe they're going to get in his cab at some point and the whole time i was like i'm never going to be a cab driver you couldn't pay me to be a cab driver once that dude vomited in oh, his car the vomit scene oh i was like i can't i had no. to look all the way were awful yes they were terrible <laughs> except for that one girl. well she was kind of still annoying but she was quiet the one who took all the selfies yeah yeah she was the gold star of his clientele. Yeah, she was like, I don't need to talk to you. Or that lady whose like dog had just died. Oh, <laughs> that was yes, so, the dog. That's so awesome. really well behaved and quiet. It was like, there's nobody. The dog's not in there. There's nobody in there. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Read the room. Um, but I thought it was such an interesting like commentary, like the film itself, about like how like people like on the down low and families and how like the clientele that they get. And then also like there was that one scene with Alexandra and that one guy who wanted essentially her to just like cup his balls, I guess. And for $40. And then when he wasn't getting hard, she wanted to take the money and there was this whole tussle. And I was just like, wow, this is like speaks so clearly in a very underhanded way of like the dangers that like trans women can find themselves in um, and like how like that situation could have turned really badly for a black trans woman very quickly. Um, Especially when they pulled the cops into it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was so stressed. It was like triggering for me as a cisgendered woman to like, just like listen and watch these people continue to like misgender um these like sex workers and like the leads of the film 
when it's like convenient and like the cops talking about, well, that's Alexander, like blah, blah, blah. But then like, it's like, uh, <laughs> it was like, oh, you want to use people when it's convenient for you, but not necessarily respect them fully. And that was the only, I wrote this down towards the end of the movie. It was like the only redeeming quality of Chester is that he uses the proper pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he's, he's Chester's a piece of shit. All, for all the bad things that he does, he see he truly does see Cindy as a woman. Yes. Like when when um Dinah or Desiree or whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah. When she when she says all this homophobic things to him, yes. he he really is like, she's a she's my a woman, she's my fiance. Yeah. Which I I really all of the characters I think are very extremely layered, even the characters that we only see for a short time. Um, the thing that I appreciate, like what you're saying about the cop is like the two different faces of like mm-hmm. two Alexandra's face. They use the correct, pr- the correct name, but like, since you see on their own, it's like, they're just doing that to like, for their own sake. Like they don't truly see Alexandra as the woman that she is. No, they don't yeah. really respect her um, at all. It was like, yeah no (laughs) and it just like I don't know I just feel like the film like really did a good job at highlighting like these different like social commentary without making it about that like it was truly about Cinderella trying to find this bitch Dinah and trying to find this Manchester and figuring out how dare he cheat on me and Dinah's like he cheats on you all the time what are you talking about and she's like you're a liar Chester is a my man and when they were on the bus and Dinah was like what does he take you out to Red Lobster like get real <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, like this is the message every woman needs to hear. Like, know your worth, okay? You cannot just, you don't give anybody that title unless they earn it. And Chester was trash. Mm-hmm. And I love that even though there was all this animosity between Dinah and Cindy, they still have that moment of where they're sharing like weed together and like yes. looking after each other in the bathroom at the club. When they go back in the bathroom though, and it's like this sensual music playing, I was like, are they about to fuck? I thought the same I thing. They I was like, they're gonna fuck right now. Yeah, I was like, this is some Stockholm syndrome shit for real. She just dragged your ass across the city. Yeah. Your foot is bleeding. <laughs> you have one flip-flop on. You're like, yeah, I want to kiss you now. I was like, what's happening? But then she just like did her makeup. I was like, that's yeah. sweet. There was a vibe though for a second. 100% a like, vibe. I was very thankful that it was the correct woman and not <laughs> because the way that they played, it seemed like it was not her. When she went into that motel room, I literally wrote down, I've never seen a motel room with this many doors and rooms. They were like, she's in that room. Boom. She's in that room. And she's I'm like, how many bedrooms are in this one motel room? What's happening here? Yeah. And that they, they were, running their whole entire operation in one hotel room. Oh my God. And then she couldn't get back in. And then she oh, just oh, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is a rough life. You couldn't even get back into this motel to fuck like this ugly person. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, I just loved every, everything about it. And the, the two lead characters were people that they just found. Mm-hmm. Like, they were treating. incredible. They were yeah. so good. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. That is something I want to talk about. Yes, they yeah. were good. Yes, correct. Yes, they found them at the LGBT Center in Hollywood. Yeah. 
and Maya and um, Kiki, who are the two stars, they knew each other beforehand. But I was doing research. Yeah, they had lived together and everything. Yeah. And I was doing all this research on like who was in the movie and whatnot after it ended. And I was so annoyed that after, so the movie came out in 2015 and since it ended, the only person who's had like the most, there are two people who've had like a modicum of success and both of them are the, like the cis men who are in the film. So it's like everybody else who's in that film, every other woman in that film is like barely worked since then. A lot of the cast has not worked since like 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chester, uh, first off, they got the name Chester because the guy who played Chester played a character named Chester in The Wire. And so that's why they called him Chester. And he was in like E.T. and SEAL Team and both of the Sinister movies, whatever. So he's like had like, you know, I've never heard of him before, but he's yeah, making yeah. money. I recognize um, him from It too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It too. Um, Interesting. And then the guy who played Nash is like a well-known comedian, but everybody else hasn't. And I was reading this article before we hopped on the call of um, with Maya Taylor, who played Alexandra talking about how it was from like 2018 talking about how frustrated she's been since Tangerine, because she was the first transgender um, woman to be like to have like an Oscar campaign for her. She was the first transgender woman to win an Independent Spirit Award, and so things are really happening. Because I remember hearing about Tangerine when it came out, and everybody's like, "It was on an iPhone," um, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, I have no excuse not to make anything," and yet here I am, <laughs> still making nothing. Um, but it was like three years later, and I think it was maybe Variety or Hollywood Reporter interviewed her, and she was talking about how just like down the tubes her career is gone and she she lives in north dakota now and she's like very comfortable and she auditions all the time um but she never gets called in for roles she was talking about how like she has literally had casting directors tell her she no longer because she started transitioning when they started shooting tangerine um and so now she looks she has way more like feminine features and um she was talking about how just like casting directors will tell her she doesn't look masculine enough or every role she gets is like about like being like a sex worker or being like traumatized in some way which really made me think of have you guys seen um disclosure yes i haven't (laughs) watched it yet you've got to watch it it's It's so good like once a day this week that has come up and i'm i know i need to listen to it it's so good i'm gonna watch it tomorrow they talk a lot about that of like how like troubling and hard it is for trans actors. Cause like Maya was saying, she's like, all she gets sent out for is like trans roles. And she's like, I'm not a trans woman. I am a woman. And so I mm-hmm. want to just play people who are female, who it, their story and their life isn't about their transness. Yeah. And I'm like, man, the world is fucked up. I don't remember why I started saying this. Cause you were talking about, Oh, they found them at the center. Wow, yeah. I went on a tangent, but yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, that's not a tangent. I mean, that's like everything you said is so important. And it's yeah. so fucking fucked that like they they were brilliant. They were so, so good. brilliant in this movie. The fact that they don't have careers and that the men have careers after this is is like the problem right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the most successful person is the white man in the film who literally is in the last like what 10 minutes of the movie yeah. that's wild yeah 
It just is like, it's so frustrating watching that. And you're like, damn, these women deserve so much more than what they got after this. And they're like kind of left in the wind. And Maya was saying Sean Baker is the one who helped her get um, her agent and her manager. And so she's like, I'm very appreciative of him. But like, obviously, he's gone on to do whatever he's doing. And I got to figure it out. It's trash. Yeah. It's like Sean write a new role for them. Oh, I'm so sorry. He could and should. Yeah. I apologize because the girl who played Selena, who I thought was the cop, actually is quite well known. But she's her entire IMDb is just all of her porn films. Um, <laughs> so she's very well known on the circuit, but you know, yeah. not in she mainstream. Was, she was gorgeous. She was beautiful. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I, I love how how the movie tackles these really heavy topics, but mm-hmm. in a way where it's like it's not trauma porn, it's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like the, it just is a movie that is just like, so like the heart of it is like this friendship and this, like, I don't know. There's just this happiness and joy between the two of them, even though like most of the time they're fighting and everything, it just leaves you with like a good feeling. Yes. Um, I just yeah. feel like it's cause you get to see people who are like fully empowered and who they are. Are they in like their dream scenario? Absolutely not. But are they fully like sure of who they are as people? And I can only imagine the sort of like internal fight you have to go through. Um, And like that kind of like, not rigid, but like very firm stance you have to have in who you are as a person, especially Mm -hmm. to live the lifestyles they live that like, I think that that's really what like helped the movie be so fun and like, cause it wasn't them trying to process this deep seated secret. They were just like, here I am. Okay. I cannot believe Chester fucked this girl with real fish. What is wrong with her? Can I have a free water at this bar? And that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. I loved how simple the actual plot was. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it was a really simple story. It was I it was just it just felt very real. And it didn't need to have like this huge grandiose plot with like all of the shit going on and then they and then this horrible thing happens <laughs> to them and then this horrible thing happens to mm-hmm. them. It was it it felt like we were getting a glimpse I mean, obviously, I don't know 100% because, I mean, I've never lived that life. I'm not there. But it felt like a real glimpse into what their life was like mm-hmm. and what um, what the experience is for, like, your average black trans woman sex worker yeah. and what they go through every day and the fucking bullshit that they put up with. Oh, but my God, just to make $40. Just to make 40 fucking bucks. Like, yeah. it's, har- it's heartbreaking. But yeah. Also... This is like this is their life, mm-hmm. and they. I, I don't. I, I just thought it was so good, and, and I've never seen anything like it too. I was like, yeah. And back to what you were saying, how they can't get any roles. I feel like Hollywood lately is like, let's pat ourselves on the back because uh, we've employed f- like five trans actors and actresses this, mm-hmm. this year. It's like that is not fucking enough because you're seeing a couple more than you've ever seen before. Yeah. Like that's not progress. No, I, and I feel like Hollywood is like, but it is. Look, yeah. look, we have, yeah, Laverne Cox is here. We're good. <laughs> like, we're good. We don't need it. We don't need anybody else. We're no, fine. We got Laverne Cox and the cast of Pose. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, that's all they need. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I do love, that's though, like, what you were saying. Like, the movie is like, 
I think sometimes what movies like will do is try to throw all these like wacky circumstances at people or like, oh, my God, it's a situational comedy and they're only in this situation and they're getting run over by the bus or I don't know. (laughs) And it's like, no, this is a simple plot. And look how rich you can make a story if you keep it fucking simple as simple and specific. It's like it is about these women and their experience in one single day, literally middle of the day to the evening. That is all that this little 90 minute movie is and it tells such a rich story and i know so much more about their lives yes um and (laughs) i know so much more about their life than i do in so many other films where i've seen like let's go on an adventure we're gonna go on vacation for 17 days and have a self-exploration and it's like i don't i saw all of eat pray love and i still don't know what was up with that girl (laughs) That so. movie was way too fucking long. That's what so that long. Was. I had to pee so bad. I, I watched that in the theater with my mom. I'm like, this movie is like three hours, and she's just got to India. Like, what is happening? <laughs> it's not that complicated. Why did we watch her hour? It took her 45 minutes to decide to go on the trip. No. That's <laughs> way too much. Did you... Okay, so how did you feel specifically about the revelation that Alexandria had both told Cindy that, you know, Chester was cheating on you while you were locked up. And also, you know, she was fucking Chester too. Oh, that was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge moment. The like silence that automatically, like the look that they both give each other mm -hmm. as soon as Chester says that. Um, I mean, you, you like wonder why you wonder why she did it. But also, I believed her that it meant nothing. Yeah. But why did she do it? To me, I felt. To me, I felt like it was almost transactional. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. We don't mm-hmm. know the exact situation of what happened. I guess but, that's true. Yeah. But I also I feel like it could have been transactional. I also feel like she, Alexandra has always not liked him, and mm-hmm. I'm. I'm wondering if she didn't find out about the other girl, if she would have fessed up to it because I, I feel like maybe she wanted a reason for Cindy Mm. to break up with him. Um, Mm. But I really respect, I really respect that Alexandra did not try to make up an excuse or anything. She -hmm. just said, I'm really sorry. It didn't mean anything to me. Like I didn't want to hurt you. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I, it was definitely shocking because, and I, I, I like, I also enjoy that it happened because like I said, all these characters have flaws to them. And, mm-hmm. and so far in the movie, Alexandra had been the, the only one that hadn't done anything wrong in my eyes, I guess. Um, so it, I felt like that moment humanized her as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it is tricky too, because this is a line of work and a, and a lifestyle they live. So it's like, not that sex can't mean anything to them, but I think that sexual acts and like physical intimacy is something that is so transactional to these women yeah. that like, it, it is 100% possible that she fucked this man and like nothing. Oh, like, nothing, I don't give no. a shit. Like he's a pimp. He fucks all types of women. He didn't just fuck Dinah Desiree Denise. He fucked yeah. all these people. <laughs> We just know about Dinah and got to see her get dragged around Los Angeles. 
But like, you know, Chester was out here, out here. I loved the part when they were back in donut time and then Razmik came in and his family comes in. Oh, and the then, chaos. And, and Cindy's trying to like argue with Chester and Razmik's trying to deal with his family and his mother-in-law and being like outed essentially. And then Alexandra's just sitting there and she's just like, I hate men. And I was like, yes, we, we feel this deep right now. These men are trash. Yes. And I think it would be so different too if they weren't like sex workers. Cause I'm like, if you slept with my fiance, best friend, I don't think that that would be a relationship yeah. that we would still have. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. It's yeah, a different sure. lifestyle. It's a different world almost. Yeah. And, and um, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> no, you. Thanks so much. Um, <laughs> this is like, it's like uh, one of you were saying, like, it is such a movie about their friendship, even though it seems like a movie about like, revenge and anger but it's so rooted and grounded in like this relationship they have like when cindy goes to see alexandra sing that hmm, that was a slow song <laughs> <laughs> that was the slowest rendition of toyland i have ever that was heard also the slowest rendition i have ever heard too oh my god dinah i i the bus scene i'm sorry but i thought it was so funny which is oh, like she's like not not no I'm offense, not- but it sounded pretty old, and I know tons of people in the music industry. <laughs> and I sing too. I know tons of the cutaway. I thought it was so funny. That killed me when she said, "I know a lot of people in the music industry. I know how yeah. it works." Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a singer. I can sing, and I'm like, "Girl, what?" <laughs> yeah. What is happening? But I loved when, like, after she finished and nobody clapped, and Cindy was like, "Clap, everybody, clap!" Oh, I know. That That's what I plan. love. It's like that moment of. I like they're the central love story of the of this yeah. film, like one hundred percent. And the way that Cindy was, even though like she was like singing, Alexander was singing like a pretty like boring song. Cindy looks so. And she's just sitting entranced. on a chair. She's not doing anything. No, she's all. just like that's my like that's my girl. Like that's my best like, friend. She is yeah. a star. And the I love like, is the love is so apparent there. Sorry, the love I'm is mad so, that like, she paid though. Like I don't know how yeah, that or why that she paid. And I'm just like, I can't believe you had to pay this man so you could sing this boy. Yeah. yeah, tragic. Pay to play, baby. It also kills Sorry me that life. she said, she said this song is, uh, this next song is very special to me. And then Cindy's <laughs> like, okay, we're not staying for the second song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I kind of I want to talk about Razmik for a second. Um, Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested in your thoughts on like. I part of me kind of like wanted him to like get together with Cindy and like, I, I wanted Cindy to be with a guy that like really saw her as beautiful and really mm-hmm. worshipped, thought, um, saw the worth in her. Um, and I really felt like Razmik could be that. But obviously, this came before I knew about his family. But also, when I found out about his family, I was like. I feel sad for him. He's like living this kind of lie. And like, I'm wondering how he got, I feel, I feel like that's also like a cultural thing that I don't fully understand because of, because of where, where he comes from. Um, and like what his, what his family values are. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it, it was, a it was, I think Razmik's story is kind of a sad story um, in and of itself, but what were your thoughts, I guess, in, on his journey? Yeah, no, I agree. At first, I, it was, I don't know why this man keeps popping up. He's clearly going to be important. All I know is that taxi drivers are underappreciated, but like, what a terrible job. 
And, um, oh my God, like that one, that white man who got in his car and was like, where are you from? Oh, I'm Cherokee Indian. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. It's like, my, my name's Mia. Yeah. I think it's usually a girl's name. And then he like kind of died. I don't know what happened to that man. Yeah, he looked like he was, he was dying. Gonna, I thought he was going to die in the cab and that was going to be. That was like the story. Nick was going to have to take care of it. He's like, I don't care what 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 you do. You're the driver. And then he just leans over, and I'm like, what's happening here? So at first, I fully was just sort of like not sure what was happening there, trying to learn about Cindy and um, Alexandra. And when you realize, oh, okay, he's a customer, and then you're like, oh, he knows Alexandra, and like there was such this sweetness, and how clear it was, like his crush or whatever you want to call it for Cindy. And like, he fucking left his family on his small toddler daughter, his <laughs> wife, Christmas his mother-in-law, his mother-in-law and some other women, we don't know on Christmas Eve and said, I know we're in the literal middle of dinner. I'm going to leave though. So he could go find his girl. And that's what he did. And he drove around. He went to the show. He was late. Um, I love that he tried to go to the show. Yeah. I love that he tried so hard. Oh my god, he tried. He really wanted to support, and I'm like, that's because nobody else she gave those flyers to cared at all. All of those other girls were so shady, but <laughs> <laughs> but and then like he sees her, and it's like you can tell there is this sweetness, at, but also everybody is like, why are you here? Like, why you like, drove all over the town? looking for me yeah um not like he couldn't have just waited till tomorrow but you know he couldn't he has needs um but i think <laughs> it is a very interesting like i think what the what the film does as a whole is tell really interesting subtle stories where it's not going to like there could have been a whole film about this armenian immigrant and his family and how he can't explore his full sexuality and that's a worthy film to make but i liked that it wasn't like this deep trauma thing it was like this is a man and these are the facts as they're presented to you and you can kind of infer from there but it was kind of sad because like it, it, he did not seem happy in his family life. It wasn't like I'm doing this on the side and I'm coming home and I'm still feeling fulfilled here. It's like, I have a fucking horrible job. I'm not in, excited. His home was kind of nothing really to write home about. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I don't blame him. He's seeking something else. And it is kind of like that thing of like, damn, I wish you could get a divorce and live the life you want to live. You're in yeah. America now, but you have all these, it is like this like immigrant, like all these obligations you have to like, and I know like a lot of people who come from like first generation fam, who are first generation and their parents were immigrants, they talk a lot about how much their parents had to sacrifice their own happiness just to kind of build some semblance of stability for their kids. And so like, that's what we get to see this man doing, fully sacrificing a big part of his own happiness in order to kind of have some sort of stability and like help support his family. But it was kind of sad. But I did appreciate that somebody called his wife out for having that ugly ass haircut. Oh my god! The oh. way they all laughed. <laughs> uh, they came for her so hard, and I was like, "You deserved, honey, because it's Christmas Eve. I don't know what we're doing here." <laughs> <laughs> There's like a part of me that was like, "I am rooting for him so much, and I yeah. hate his mother-in-law." And I thought, if this were me in real life, like real life, we'd probably be pissed at him too because he's straight up 
straight up like cheating on his wife and yeah you know yeah. fucking around on his family but he his his story was so i just felt so much for him he seemed like i mean from what we knew that he was like a he genuinely meant well especially yeah. when he first saw alexandria and she was like oh if you're not a sight for sore eyes i'm so relieved to see you yeah like, he, he's he was so kind and yeah. he means well and it I know. I was like, probably in real life, if I knew this guy, I'd be like, fuck this guy. He cheated on his wife, like, every day, multiple times a day. But within the context of this of this movie, I was like, his mother-in-law sucks. He didn't <laughs> have his freedom. But she was nuts, though. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, when she it? said she reads their bank statements and sees yes! the cash out every night, I'm like, first off, we got to be slicker than that. <laughs> you can't be taking $20 out every single night. You got to be a little bit more, you know, strategic. But yeah, she was like snooping. She, I don't blame him for hating her. I would hate her too. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, her daughter only loves her because that's her mother. But really, yeah. this woman was trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. Something I want to sort of follow up on about what you said, Taylor, was um, him showing up and them sort of being like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, all, I'm wondering if that was kind of like a subtle like commentary on, on like these men developing these feelings for sex workers that aren't necessarily reciprocated. Mm. Um, yes, Peyton. Yes. Like even another layer to like Razmik's sort of character. Hundred percent. I think that's something that's happened, especially because it's clear that they frequent a lot. Like when he tells Selena, "Like you're on the wrong track. Don't stand on this block. Yeah. That's not what this is for." It's like he knows. It's not yeah. like this is like something I do every once in a while. It's like no, he is a regular, and yeah. I do think that, especially because they are fulfilling this like secret desire that they have. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I think, probably more affection because even like the dude that Alexander just like cups his balls or whatever he's just like please i hate my family and i just need this <laughs> and she's like i don't give a fuck but whatever <laughs> she's like you only got 40 dollars. you're not getting that much from me um which exactly know your worth ladies mm. but i think that yeah i think that's such a good point to make of like how they do develop these feelings and then on the flip side you have like an alexander who's like that doesn't mean anything i don't care I, like this is survival this is my her. job yeah yeah this mm. isn't like this isn't where she would be if she had millions of dollars. This is what she is doing to, to get by. And like, whereas these men live more comfortable lives than these women, at least they mm -hmm. get to make this choice. And so it's like, for them, they feel like they have more freedom in what's happening. And these women, you know, they're just like, I just got to do what I got to do right now. It's not about the feelings. Like they don't have, they don't have as much, I don't want to say they don't have agency, but at least what we saw, they don't have like, the freedom to just be like, I'm only going to fuck who I, who I love. Like I got to do what I have to do so I can make this money and like get on this bus. Um, but yeah. And I, I'm so curious too, because like Alexandra seems fond of Resmeek at least. And Cindy, I don't, I don't remember her exact reaction because so much was happening, but she didn't seem like, Oh my God, Resmeek. She's like, mm -hmm. you can talk to me another time. Like I'm not, I'm yeah. not working right now. Like she did not. Yeah, see exactly. Her. Her relationship with Razmik, according to her, is all business. Mm -hmm. And I think that was very interesting. Like, obviously, Alexandra is fond of him. And I think he's probably, like, one of her nicer customers. Um, 
But yeah, I th- I think it's interesting to see that like this kind of one-sided thing of like he has this crush on her and before you see them interact you think, "Oh, I wonder if they do like have a genuine connection." But yeah. then when he meets her in person, she's like, "I'm not working right now. Like don't talk to me." I know, heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. He's so sad. He's like, "I just left my family to come find you." He's like, <laughs> "I didn't ask you to do that," which yeah. she didn't. She didn't. Um, man. Yeah. Chester. Chester's Chester. like with all the fucking love. My exact thought about Chester when I saw him was I wrote it down. Hold on, I'm gonna read what I wrote. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so excited. I know. Okay, so out loud when they revealed who Chester was and what he looked like, I just went, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I can't believe she's with this guy. And then I wrote this is one of those classic moments when you realize women around the world are settling for below average partners, especially women who date men. Ugh, you've been this pressed over second hand me down Eminem. <laughs> That's too um, good. And then I said, Chester looks exactly how his name would make you think he looks. Some preppy kid who failed school and decided to exploit sex workers on the street and get the worst set of tattoos unimaginable and pretend he's <laughs> from the hood. And I was like, he's well, the worst person. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. I'm like, where did you get this accent from, Chester? It wasn't from West Hollywood. So. <laughs> Chill. Oh, God. That's so good. These are the worst. And it's so interesting, though, how, like, everybody knew what Chester was doing. And everybody was, like, how Cindy was just, like, I can't believe this is happening. And everybody's, like, what did you expect was going to happen? Like, everybody's, like, of course he's having sex with all these people. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's, like, no, he can't be. He's my. And then you find out they're engaged. And I'm, like, Cindy, we got to do better than. than. And he has her tattoo. She's, like, whose name is this on my oh, chest? Yeah. Whose name is this, baby? And it's, like, God. <laughs> but I love it like the last I love the last scene it's just between yes. Alexandria yeah. and Sydney it's like the, oh, I think it's a beautiful last moment yeah. yes and it's all like without any dialogue and it's this mm. like it really like I've been thinking a lot about friendship in the last year and just like adult relationships in general but it really kind of highlighted this like the complexity that you have in your friendships and like this love that you have and like trying to work through, like, I mean, this is a very big betrayal, but like, just like, just like this intense love. And I personally feel that like the relationships I have with my friends are so rich and so vibrant and like require so much work and have so much longstanding love. Um, And I, I, it was just nice to just see these two women at the end of this come back to that love that they have for each other, despite the hell that they went through in the last like 12 hours. Um, It was super beautiful to watch them do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, just like Alexandra, like giving Cindy her wig, Mm -hmm. just like, uh, like she's like, I'm always here for you. Like no matter what. Yeah. The love is so pure between them. Like, yeah. yeah. They've been through so much shit together. Mm-hmm. And that, oh. And like their relationship them. is like one of the only true relationships in the movie where there's not any, like they're not getting anything from each other. That's like, they're not using each other for anything. They're mm-hmm. just like yeah. friends because they genuinely care about each other. Mm-hmm. Where, Whereas all the other relationships are like, like with Razmik, like 
I'm getting, I'm getting to explore the side of myself that I don't get to explore at home. And you're getting money from this or like mm-hmm. you're getting the, the family that you want, or you're getting your revenge over your fiance. Right. Um, everybody's, everybody is sort of getting something from somebody, but these two friends are just, just care about each other so much. They're not, That's so true. they're not using each other. Yeah. Um, Cause even with Alexandra sleeping with Chester, even with Cindy almost missing the performance, like they still go above and beyond for each other. And like Alexandra's like, yes, I guess I'll follow you around Los Angeles while you search for some woman who's blonde. That's all, you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, yes, I will skip going to donut time and drag this girl to your performance. You could see me the slow ass song because I love you. And it is so true. Like they don't get anything from each other. And like, so like the movie starts with them and then the movie ends with them. And it's truly just about, this like genuine bond of a relationship Mm -hmm. i love it yeah any other thoughts before we rate the movie oh let me look at my notes do 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 do. oh okay so i wrote down some of my favorite quotes and i just want to nobody's ever done that before really well how have we never thought of that okay brilliant taylor (laughs) thank you um, so the first one when I knew I had to immediately start taking notes is when Alexander says, and his breath smells like he's been eating ass for days. I mean, <laughs> when I walk into the room, it shouldn't always smell like homeless. And I was like, is this movie the most brilliantly written movie I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> I must um, know if that was improv or if that was scripted. Have to know. <laughs> Um, and then I wrote down the I hate men part. And then I wrote down after, (laughs) after Alexandra finds out that Cindy is engaged, she just goes, Oh my God, that is not the tea. (laughs) (laughs) I died when she said that. And Cindy was like, people who love people don't go fucking other people, people Chester. And I'm like, that is right. (laughs) Know your boundaries that you set in this relationship. Okay. You thought you were in a monogamous relationship and he did not. Um, Oh, and then one of my favorites is that's right. Razmi, you should apologize for taking her to a fucked up hairdresser. (laughs) (laughs) His wife. And the wife was completely speechless. She had no idea. She was like, there's too much happening, but oh, like she was stunned. And I was like, somebody said it. Cause I thought it was just me. Cause honestly, Cindy's wig, half of her wig was fine. And then there was one side that was just cut re- weirdly. And then this lady has some really bad hair. I was like, is this on purpose? What has happened to these people's heads? So I was really happy that they addressed that. <laughs> and yeah, those were all of my <laughs> thoughts. Oh, oh beautiful. The, the, wonderful. Perfect. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. One more. I wrote down this yes. fun fact. So a bunch of the businesses, the, boom, the film was taken, uh, was shot and, you know, produced in 2015. Um, since then, a bunch of the businesses and buildings that have been, that were in the film have been torn down. Thank you, gentrification. Oh, um, and the yeah. donut time where several scenes take place, closed and reopened and is now Trejo's Coffee and Donuts. So if you're in Los Angeles on Sunset and Highland, go to Trejo's, baby. <laughs> I wanted a donut every single time they were in that in that, the donut time. The woman who worked at that place was like not having it. She was generous. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call the cops. I'm she going. waited so long to call the cops. She really for- did. Yeah. 
She was like, I'm going to let these people have their drama because I need something to tell my family and my friends in the group chat. <laughs> but now, once I get all the info, the cops are on their way so you can make your way out. <laughs> she did. She waited for the for the situation to end and then she's yeah. like, okay, I called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we always rate the movie first based off of the Vito Russo test, which follows three rules. Uh, one, that there be a queer identifying character. Two, that the queer characters have other personality traits besides being queer. And three, that if you remove the queer characters from the film, it would change the plot significantly. And I would say that this film passes all three. Mm -hmm. roles. Sure. Yeah. And then, Deb, um, do you want Yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh, and here at Queer Movie Night, uh, we rate movies based on the Kinsey scale, zero being completely heterosexual and six being completely homosexual, and the more homosexual, the better. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm going to give this movie a whopping six. Yeah. I loved this movie. Yeah. It felt true. It felt, I mean... Like I said before, like, I don't fully know. I can't say, like, this is exactly how the experience is for these women. But it felt like the most genuine portrayal that I think we will probably see in a, in a while. Because there's not many stories, if all, if any at all, about trans women. Mm -hmm. um, it just felt authentic and real. And the I just loved it. I loved it. I've never seen it. I've never seen a film like it. Yeah. No, it's so and fun. I don't think there's going to be another one like it. No. Either. I'd like rewatch it. I don't rewatch a lot of movies, but I would rewatch this one. It was fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to say um, that I would also give it a six. Um, and something that I just thought of while Deb was talking is that I love how the movie doesn't try to make itself relatable. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't try to speak to us who don't know this experience. Yes. Um, and I love that how, how it's just like what you see is what you get. Yes. Like this is what yes. their lives are like. Um, That's a good take. That's a hot and take. yeah, I just love that. We're just like, this is what it is. And like, I'm going to take it and however I see it. And it, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I just, I thought it was really well done. I loved it. I loved, I, I'm so glad that you told me that some of it was improvised. Um, Cause that I just, I hope the experience of making this movie was so much fun for the people who were involved in it. I know. Right. And they, um, like, I, from what I've like read about them making it, they were like, it was nice because they were shooting it on iPhones. A lot of people didn't realize they were making the movie. Yeah. So a lot of like all the background stuff or like, the owners of Donut Time let them shoot, but we're like, we're not shutting down our store. So every time a cust a real customer came in, they'd have to stop. Um, but yeah, it's a really like interesting way to like watch a movie. And like, apparently Sean Baker's a really a, a sweetheart. So I hope that they also had a really good time making it. Yeah. Yeah. What would you rate it, Taylor? Oh, I rated a six as well. Um, and I, I agree. Um, that they don't ask, they don't teach you about the world. You have to catch up. Exactly. And sometimes you watch that like in a sci-fi and you're like, I don't know. Has anybody watched Warrior Nun? That's another story. Anyways. No. Ooh, I haven't yet, but it's on my list. It's like not good, but you will watch the whole thing anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's one of those things where they like, it takes a while for stuff to be explained. And you're like, I'm not having fun learning this. <laughs> but this was like, I don't fully know. This isn't my world, but I'm getting an uh, like an unapologetic entrance into this. And it's a movie that is about all of these different types of queer experiences that aren't glamorous and shiny, but also aren't the most traumatic, like devastation. They're not happy all the time, but like, I love that it's not apologetic for that experience. It's honoring those experiences and that it's not trying to teach you something. It's like, this is what's happening. You could be here or not an observer. You're lucky you're, you're invited into this world. And I love that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, I really <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes, thank you. Um, you were amazing. An amazing we could have guest. you every week. Stop yeah. flirting with me, you guys. <laughs> Never. We won't. Yes. Hair yes. Yes. Um, uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Social media? Anything coming up for you? Mm, coming up, Peyton. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's triggering. Okay. Anyways, nothing. I don't have anything up. either. So neither. <laughs> um, I'm not performing anywhere. Thanks. Um, but you can uh, follow me on Instagram at a wishful dream. It's a play on my last name. Um, <laughs> that's where I'm the most engaging and engaged. You can follow me on Twitter at. Hey, wishful and see all the people I retweet and all the times I do think I'm tweeting something fairly witty and nobody likes it, but whatever. <laughs> um, and one day if I actually finish making it and actually find out if this domain name is Vail, you can find me at thewishingwell.com. <laughs> but yeah. uh, thank you so much. Wow. That was a good response. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love our fans. Yeah. And um, but you can like learn about that from my Instagram because I'll probably post about it in seven years when I finish it. <laughs> yes, Brilliant. thank yeah. you. Oh my god, thank um, you guys. This is so fun. Yeah, you can follow the podcast at Queer Movie Night um on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Peyton Cody Lynch on Twitter and Instagram. And me, Deborah Duncan on Facebook and Twitter and at Deborah D Bag on Instagram. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back in um, another couple of weeks. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.